I'd like to start um, this part in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for, for who you are. And we thank you so much for who we are in you. And Lord, I just pray for everyone here. Lord, I just pray right now that distractions from home or anything that's going on in our lives, Lord, that would cause us to lose our focus on you. Just pray, Lord, right now that you would come and enable us to really have our hearts wide open to you, Jesus, and all that you want to say to us today. Lord, I thank you for the worship, where just those words that ministered so powerfully about how incredibly we're loved through your cross. Lord, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. When the worship wonderful, just all those words are just so powerful about the message of the cross, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about today is, um, you know, just that whole message of it's that it's God's love that it's God's love that transforms. Tim told me earlier that I talk like a mouse, so I was trying. See, I squeak like a mouse too, so I was trying to um, speak a little bit louder. So tell me when you've got me adjusted. Okay, thanks. Also, I like to stand up there. It makes me feel funny down here. I'm going to fall off. So anyway, another reason why I wanted to pray. Um, I really do. I like to move around when I talk. And I'm like, golly, take the left or the right and you're gone. Um, but really and truly, all week long, when, I, when Antley tells me I'm up to pray or whenever he does, I immediately want to go into, Lord, what is it that you're saying? What is it that you're doing? And Laurie, that's my prayer partner, you know, she'll we'll pray and she'll say, um, you know, I'm praying for you. And I'm like, yeah, God's brewing something. Something's kind of stirring, but I don't really have it yet. It's kind of like a, something bubbling, you know. And it's kind of been that way for a while. And then it's like it goes way out there. And it's like, okay, now how can we really bring it in? And um, But really and truly, I really felt like what God was saying was he wants us to really understand how of such great value we are to him. But more than that, he wants us to really identify what are the lies, lies that we believe that are causing us to stay trapped in bondage. Okay? He wants to set us free from any kind of lie that we're believing that's causing us or keeping us from moving in all that God has for us. Not just what he wants to do through us, but who we are in him. In other words, our true identity. Our true identity, who we really are. And um, this year, I really think what we're moving into, and it's not just me, it's a lot of us in the body of Christ. A lot of us here right at River City. Um, And it won't be just at River City. It'll be like, what's God saying to his people, you know, just everywhere. But right now, I really think We're entering into a season this year, particularly into the area of the prophetic. And what I mean by that is that God loves to speak to us about uh, the call he has on our lives, who we are, and then also what he's calling us to do. A lot of times we already are moving into prophetic healing. That's when, like, God will say, you know, somebody's shoulder or knee or foot, I need to pray for that. Antley might say that. Whoever's leading the worship service might say that. I have a picture of a particular place that God wants to heal. 
That would be God moving in prophetic healing. He's speaking about what he wants in the area of healing or who he wants to heal. But he also does that prophetically into our lives. Lives. If you look at um, Gideon in the Old Testament, Gideon was extremely fearful. And God, when, um, uh, when God spoke to him, it was like he, God was like, I see you as a mighty warrior. God saw him as a mighty warrior. Oh, mighty warrior. And uh, Gideon was this little frail, scared-to-death person. But God knew who he had called him to be and the process of change he was going to take him to to be in that place. He did the exact same thing with the apostle Peter. Peter, who was also very fearful. He said, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. He knew Peter was called to be a great leader and ushering in the great message of God. And we see that all throughout the New Testament because of the power of God that was going to come on him. But he spoke that into Peter way before Peter ever walked into that. He did the same thing with King David. Remember how in front of um, the prophet Samuel, um, all the brothers lined up in front of him, and um, I can't remember who Saul, I think, was standing with uh, Samuel and said, was well, it this one? Is it this one? It's like, no, 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 it's not that. And it was the one he didn't even expect. So it was the call on God way before he began to walk in that. We see that with Joseph. Way before Joseph began walking in his role of leadership, actually, God had called Joseph. And uh, so this year, I really do feel like people are going to, God is getting ready to speak into people's lives more and more about who they are, a leader, a mighty warrior. You know, um, so different a lot of times from what you expect. And also even, you know, I see sometimes people will say, you know, I feel like God's calling you to be a pastor. Now, sometimes we know this and sometimes we don't. You know, I think God's calling you to, uh, you know, into the, air, I know, into the area of music. I know somebody in this church um, has received a prophetic word that they will be um, ministering to thousands of people through music. And they're not walking in that yet. But see, it's a wonderful way that you can begin to really prepare your heart for what God's got for you. And I can promise you, when you get a prophetic word from the Lord, a lot of times the very opposite happens. When Rutledge and I lived in Charleston, and we've been here exactly 10 years in October, and we knew that God was calling us. We didn't know for a while. And many of you know that story, and I'm not going to go into that and bore you. But the bottom line was, we thought, oh, yeah, we get to go in and start serving the Lord. Well, I can tell you everything in the world opposite happened. Why? Why did that happen? Now, was some of it a direct hit from the enemy? Because the enemy wants to destroy what God's wanting to do? Well, probably. But I think there's a lot in us that God wanted to change. And God wanted to destroy. Pride. You know, lots of stuff that really needs to die. But... The bottom message is, before we can really grab hold of uh, moving into the place that God has for us, we really have to understand who we are in him because of who he is, because of the cross, because of the whole message of the cross. God is unable to use us to move out, to really advance his kingdom, if we really don't know who we are, and he really can't sow the prophetic word where we can really walk into that if we're walking out of a false sense of identity. Okay? We need to so understand how much we are valued by God. 
And we spend a lot of time talking about grace, and we need to do that because we're such a performance-oriented society. We're taught from, you know, kindergarten on up. You have to earn your grades. You have to earn your right. You've got to earn, you've got to earn, you've got to earn, you've got to make good grades. And then we come to God's kingdom, we're told, okay, you don't earn anything, it's a free gift. Well, that's true. We don't earn anything. We don't deserve it. But neither, neither does that mean we are of no self-worth. We are of the most incredible value to God. This whole book is about a love story, about how God, how Adam so messed things up on God's original intention, man so messed things up, and God's whole plan to come back to restore that. Why? Because he wanted us back with him, his treasured possession. And until we really grasp hold of, oh, my goodness, I am so radically loved, I am so over outrageously loved, God can't love me any more or any less. He is love. It doesn't matter what I do. He is so 100% for me. He is so 100% committed to me. I'm grafted into a whole new family. The creator of the universe loves me. He's my father. When I begin to understand, oh, my goodness, it's not who I need to become. It's who I already am. And because of that, I want him to so transform me so I can really make a difference and live out my life for him. I've seen people go over and over and over again. We're trying to go for healing, go for healing, go for healing, and that is good. We need to go for healing because God heals in process. Transformation is process. But at some point in your life, you've got to choose to, to not believe the lies, the, the lies, L-I-E-S, that the enemy has told you. And so that's one of the whole thing, the message I want to um, really um, present today is what is the lie that you're believing that's holding you back from really knowing who you are and fulfilling your life by the power of the Holy Spirit? The scripture verse, uh, I, the passages I felt um, that were from the Lord today, the first one is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Do you know that God has a future for every single one of you? And a lot of times it can be subconscious or it could be just out there that we know it. We see other people moving out powerfully. It's like they've just taken off. And it's like, okay, well, it's true for them, but that's not true for me. God's got a future for them. He doesn't have a future for me. He obviously loves him. He doesn't love me, or my life would be different. Do you know that there's not one sin that you can commit that God cannot redeem you from? There have been women that I've ministered to that have um, committed abortions. And they have thought there is no way in this earth that God can ever use me because I committed the sin of abortion. I took a life. God will never use me. Do you know who the, in Scripture who the person was that was called a man after God's own heart? It's King David. After King David was um, in uh, moving as king of Israel, what was one of the sins he committed? Murder. Murder. 
okay? He had the husband of the wife he had an affair with murdered. But God healed him of that. Now, was there a consequence of sin? Yes, there was consequence of sin. And there was deep grief and sorrow. And David had to walk through that. But David was reestablished into his place and into his call of God. God forgave him. There is nothing that you have done that, you have done that God can't redeem you for, from. So if there's a lie that you have believed, that's holding you back from who you really are, or God's even spoken in a similar way of what he wants to do for you, but you're thinking, can't be. That's not true. I told the group earlier, it was back, I think it was 91 or 92, when I was with a group of girls at a conference, and somebody that's pretty um, renowned to be on target with the Lord uh, said, your main gifting is going to be in teaching. We all laughed. My friends all laughed. They thought that person was nuts. They thought that's the furthest thing from the truth. And I'm telling you, I believed that for many, many years, and I really think it held me back. I thought, never me, never me. My biggest passion now, whether it's in a group to want to share, want to impart, or whether it's one-on-one, I love to impart understanding. See, the reason why I'm sharing that with you is when God really begins, he really wants to prepare you He wants to prepare the soil of your heart because he's going to be moving this year prophetically, saying, this is how I see you. This is who you are. And you don't want the lies of the past to hold you back from the uh, future that he has for you. Another way of saying that is God is more concerned with your present future than he is with your present past. Every single one of us come into the kingdom of God carrying baggage. It's like we carry baggage. We have baggage of hurts. We have baggage of humiliation. We have baggage of lies that we've believed. I mean, you name it, we come into the kingdom of God with baggage. And we need to go for healing. And we need to go for healing over and over as things come up. God heals in process. So today I'm not talking about we don't need to go for healing. What I'm talking about is at some point we need to drop the baggage of lies that we're continuing to carry around with us. Lies that say, I'll never be anyone. If you knew my family, if you knew who I came from, I'll never amount to anybody. Graham Cook, who I, I, I really listen to a lot of his teachings because I love it because Graham is so sold out to the love of God, to an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Graham came from a family of thieves. Most of his family have lived in prison. He was voted in high school to be the person um, that would be, it wasn't most likely to fail, but it was like the person most likely to live out his life in jail or something like that. I mean, you know, we laugh about that, but y'all, it's true. We have people from the time we're born to where we are, messages that we've received, some very directly, some indirectly, that will never amount to anything, that we're, we're a failure, We had this huge mess happen in our past. We'll never be able to go uh, over it. You know who that comes from, don't you? Who is the accuser? Who's the liar? It comes from the enemy. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against the enemy. So at some point in our lives, we've got to say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to those lies anymore. Yes, I'm going to go for healing, but I'm going to take this baggage of lies off. I'm a lamb at the cross. 
And I'm going to begin to focus. And, Lord, I need a revelation of your love. Transformation will come into your life as you, when you receive a revelation of how much God loves you. The Apostle Paul's life was radically turned upside down on the road to Damascus because he had a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ. Look, was he a murderer? How many people did he have a part in killing? Christians. And he was completely used powerfully, one of the most powerful people used by God. So we have to finally believe, oh my goodness, he loves me so much. God sent his son, and I loved what Paul said. I think he, I, I, I can't re- exactly remember, but it's the love of God that, that died. For, no, the love of God did something. Loves us. Jesus died for us. And then I just said, it's the Holy or Jesus keeps us. Is that what you said? And it's the Holy Spirit, y'all, that will keep us strong to the end. And it's the Holy Spirit that will come and break the lies, re- all, reveal the lie that we're believing and reveal the truth to us that will set us free. And it's really the truth that sets us free. But I see people all the time, and don't you know it breaks the heart of God, they go back, they have the most incredible healing, but they go back to living as a victim. Why? Because they depend on their feelings to tell them the truth. We've got to focus on it's not just God's word, but it's the act of the cross. God demonstrated his love for us. So much. And that message, um, one of the things that, ha- that has really gotten me over the past years are, was, and again, every time I speak, it seems like I, I bring up that, the movie of the Passion, but when Jesus stood at the whipping post, because all of our sin had to be paid for, and you have that incredible whip with those uh, spikes in it that tears the flesh, at any point in time, he could have given up his spirit and died. He didn't have to do it. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He went through it. Why did he go through it? Because of you, because of us, because God wanted us back. He wanted us, he wants us to understand how most incredibly powerfully we are so loved and redeemed. But if we let the stronghold of lies hold us back from really becoming in who we are and that he really has a call on us and he really wants us to fulfill it, we'll miss God's call on us. You have to step, there's a part that we play too. You know, there's a part that we play. So at some point, we've got to take the baggage of lies off, of all the hurts, all the humiliations that we received, And you do need to extend forgiveness. You really need to forgive the people that hurt you. Unforgiveness will keep you out of going forward. Unforgiveness is the the biggest major block. You've got to heal. I mean, forgive the people that hurt you. You've got to move into healing, receive healing, but then you also have to choose, I'm not going to believe those lies anymore. Because the enemy will bring them back up to you and say, uh... This is who you are. You'll never do that. You'll never amount to anything. Remember what those teachers told you? Remember what your friends told you? You can never do that. And it's like 
you choose, it's like we, we listen more and put more faith into what the enemy is saying than who God is and what he's done for us and who he says we are. So we really want to grab Paul this year, especially right now in this season, of the revelation of the love of God. The revelation of the love of God demonstrated through the cross. I told a story earlier this morning, and I'll tell it again. It was somebody in um, a town that we lived in before we lived here, Charleston. But there was somebody I'd prayed with for several years, and she had been through horrendous sexual abuse. And it was a lot. And those things are awful, and you really need to go forward for healing when you've gone through a lot of abuse. I don't care what the hurt is. If it's impacting your life where your past is clouding your present and your future, and it's holding you back, that is not God's will for your life, and you need to go for prayer so you can be freed of that and move move forward. Well, this particular person was a worship leader. And I promise every time she opened her mouth after, I know it was two years of healing, it was like the most oppression would descend. I was like, Lord, you have got to heal this person. I mean, there were a lot of us praying for her, and she was not moving forward. And do you know what caused her to have victory? All of a sudden, she had this huge revelation of the cross. Because her big lie was, why weren't you there? You could have done something to stop what happened to me. And you chose not to, God. You didn't intervene. Where were you? Why me? You didn't love me. You came for them, but you didn't come for me. You did nothing, God. Where were you? And then all of a sudden, this huge revelation was, oh, my goodness. There you were. And she wrote a song. And she said, it's actually out on CD. She wrote a song, oh, my goodness. There you were. Um, the song goes, where were you? You were, um, you were always there for me. Uh, let's see, what was it? What did I say? Oh, you were dying on a tree. Bearing all your pain for me. You were, uh, it was, you were crucified. And uh, all of a sudden you had this huge, huge revelation. Oh, my God. You were there, Jesus. You were really, really there for me. I went through this suffering, but look what you did on the cross. You can now take all the pain and redeem me for it. You really are here for me. See, and she came to understand that one of the greatest gifts God will give us is gift of free will. But that also means a lot of times we're subject to the hurts of man because of free will. And that's why there was abuse. Somebody was really sinning, sinning, and she has received a lot of hurt through their sin. But God, through his uh, death and on the cross where he died and took all the punishment and all the pain, she could forgive and she could receive healing but she had a huge transformation in her life because finally she understood the love of God for her. So understanding the revelation of God's love is where we really want to be. And you know one of the biggest spiritual principles is you don't, want, you don't change your behavior to try to become somebody different. It's because of who you are that you live your life accordingly. You, each one of you, all of us, we are a, when we became a Christian, we were absolutely adopted into a brand new family. We are out, we're, uh, we're outrageously loved, we're overwhelmingly loved, we're unconditionally loved, we're radically loved. God can't love us any more, any less than he already does. He wants us to know his love so much. That is why the Apostle Paul 
towards the end of his life, he's saying, there's only one thing I want to know. I consider everything a loss is to know him. He had a taste and a glimpse of the love of God. Paul did not know. He was not one of the original apostles that knew Jesus on this earth. But he had a revelation of God's love. He wants that for each of you. Why do I know that? In Ephesians, he says, uh, Paul's praying for the people. I pray constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the wonderful future he has promised to those he's called. I want, to, I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance he has given to his people. Now, this is a prayer that Paul is praying for believers, and Paul spent years murdering other Christians. Did he have a full understanding of who he was, who he really was? He had a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ, and his, his um, life was radically turned upside down. And that's what we need to know. We are so radically loved. You know, a lot of us, we get our self-worth out of our job, out of our family, the families that we come from, the kind of money that we have in the bank, what our education looks like, what other people have told us. And I have to tell you, you cannot get your self-worth from that. So when you come into God's kingdom, it's so important that you get your self-worth a real understanding of who you are from who he says that you are, who you are in him. That's where your true identity comes from. It doesn't come from any of those other things. It comes from who you are in Christ. Jesus came from Nazareth, which was really not a very prominent place. He did not come from wealthy people. And the carpenter's life was really not that much to be esteemed. And that was God of the universe coming into the world in that way. Jesus was able to do what he did. Yes, he was God, but he knew who he was. We each need to know who we are, and we don't get our self-worth from what we've been told by other people who didn't know the difference or who were wounded, hurt, hurt people. We get our value, we get our sense of understanding from who God says that we are, and that's radically loved and precious, precious to him. If you go through just some of the apostles, I mean some of the gospels, and it says Jesus left the 99 to run after the one child. In other words, the lost sheep. You know, I consider his child in the kingdom of God so valuable that I will leave the full flock to run after this one. You know, he talks about us being so. I mean, the cross again. Jesus demonstrated your value, how precious you are, how much he wants us back, because. That's why he wanted to give his life, because he wants us with him. So you really want to get that this year. You really want to get that this season. We really want to pray for that, that we're really coming to understanding of, oh, my goodness, this is who I really am in you. You don't need to try to go through healing or find out what your spiritual gifts are or do any of this kind of stuff to become someone. You, are, you already are someone. And it's after you find out who you are, Already, you can glorify the person who is someone that we want to put all the focus on. Who do we want to make famous? We want to make famous Jesus. And let me tell you, when you don't have to take yourself so seriously, 
It is a wonderful life. God spoke through Balaam's ass, through a donkey. I mean, you know, but that's not the point. That's not saying that we're like a... It's saying that we are so radically loved, he can use us, but we need to really grasp hold of that because you cannot live your life going on broken feelings. Your broken feelings will lie to you and tell you you're nothing if you're still believing the lies of the past. You have to go on the truth of what God says in his word, but what he's saying through his Holy Spirit because God's got so much in store for you. He wants to really send you out into the world in the power of the Spirit, dramatically gifted by Him in whatever way He created you for it to really make a difference. And so, what is the lie of the enemy that's holding you in bondage that really needs to be broken off? Is it a sin that you feel like you can never be forgiven for? And God's saying, I've already done it. You are so forgiven. You are so forgiven. He wants to so free us from our past. He is so interested in our present future because we've got this most exciting journey to live with. Think about it. When you go into a spiritual warfare situation, you've got the most powerful person in the whole universe holding hands with you in that situation. When Satan fell and took a third of the angels with him, we see there's still 10,000 million two-thirds more angels that fall on our behalf. And see, that was one of the things that God had to show Gideon, didn't he? You know, Gideon had such a small perception of who God was and all these incredible angels, but it's the same with us. And the more we focus on who God is and get our focus on him, we understand, oh, my goodness, you are incredible. And yes, do things happen to us? Yes, they do. Things happen to us, but I can tell you, Right now, a lot of us are going through a lot right now, and there are things that God's bringing up. He's putting our finger on things and saying, this in your life is broken. This in your life I need to bring healing to, and it's painful. But I want this to bring healing to so we can shut this door to your past so you can move into the most incredible future. Do not deny that you need to go forward for healing. If you are struggling with um, some issues right now, it's probably because God's put his finger on some things that he's saying, I want to free you from those things because I've got a call on your life. You don't need to be struggling with that. You've carried it too long. You don't want your past to cloud your future. Let's be free of those kind of things so we can move into all that God has for us. The Isaiah 43, 18, 19 And when I read this, I'm not talking about forget if you have a painful issue and you need healing. I'm not saying that. It's when you've believed a lie long enough. You need to believe the truth. Forget the former thing. Do not continue to believe that lie over and over again. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. When God called the Israelites out of Egypt, they were in a life of slavery, weren't they? And he brings them out of Egypt and he brings them into the promised land. Now, they had to go through a whole lot of stuff. They had to go through, you know, depending on manna to come down. They had to depend on God to feed them. And it was hard. And Some of them said, man, forget this. I want to go back to Egypt. I did. I told the Lord, I wanted to go back to Charleston. This was not fun. I did not want any part of this. We were sick of this about two years into, and, and, and you'll find that. 
Ask Joseph how he felt the third time he got thrown in prison. Or however many times. It's like, forget this. Let me go back. It was better, better back there. You have to press through in the healing. You have to press through and really decide, I'm not going to believe these lies anymore. I'm going to set my faith because there is such an inheritance that God has for me. And I really want to move from slavery into the place of real victory, into the place of real freedom. So this is going to be an exciting year. But I do think right now we're in a season of break. Uh, let the Lord break the lies off of you in prayer. Let the Holy Spirit identify the lie that you believe. Say, I'm not going to believe that anymore. It's absolutely a lie. I'm going to believe in the truth. Holy Spirit, what is your truth? So I want to pray for you right now. And if, if um, everyone that would like prayer, if you would just kind of stand up, and we're going to move the first couple of rows of um, chairs, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go more into um, into a praying time from then on. But I want to move the chairs and then begin praying this time.